Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane, teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, called Hold Fast. Alistair Begg, I was listening to a sermon on this section, and he said he came across a book in the bookstore, and it was called, uh, I don't know the author, I can't remember, but it was about like, uh, the, the title of the book was something like Talking to God. And Alistair Begg said it was one of the most uh, in only the way Alistair Begg can say it, he said it was total rubbish. And he goes on to explain that the author's basically making a case that all he has to do to hear from the Lord is just sit. And God talks to him, and he depicts in this book conversations that he's had with God. But he doesn't know the word, there's nothing about scripture. You want to hear from God? Open your Bible. If you want to hear from the Lord and have discernment and wisdom, open your Bible. That's why we teach the Bible verse by verse, book by book, chapter by chapter at Living Truth. Because we believe that if you hear our opinion for 45 minutes on a Sunday, you won't be better off. But if you hear what Christ has spoken already, you will be able to navigate the storms and the temptations of this life. And so the author says Jesus, the ultimate ambassador. Yes, that was verse one. Verse two, who, Jesus, was faithful to him who appointed him, that is God the Father, just as Moses also was faithful in God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory. Now this is where, to the Jew who's reading this, there may begin to be some tension because you know and I know that Jesus in his earthly ministry faced a lot of adversity when he started saying things like, I am greater than Moses because Moses was the guy for the Jew, first century Jew and for many Jews still today who do not believe the Messiah has yet come. Moses is like the ultimate authority. He's the one who brought the law. Uh, he's the one who ascended Mount Zion. He's the one who experienced God's presence. He led the people out of uh, slavery so there was this high regard in this culture for Moses. But the author is saying, Jesus is, wor- is worthy of more glory than Moses. And then he draws this example and he says, just as much as more glory as the builder of a house has, more than the honor the house itself has. For every house has been built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Moses was faithful, indeed. Was he perfect? No. In fact, Moses' failures actually kept him out of the promised land. And you read this in the book of Exodus and you think, what? After everything that Moses has put up with, he can't enter? But you know why he couldn't enter? Because he misrepresented Christ. And so Jesus comes and he is the perfect fulfillment, the perfect atonement, the perfect leader. Where every other leader prior fails, Jesus stays perfect. And that's the message in our text tonight, that Jesus is worthy of more glory. He is greater than even Moses. And he says, every house has a builder. You know, it's easy to live in a house, isn't it? Anybody struggle to live in their house? Like everybody's pretty good at living in a house, right? Doesn't take a ton of skill to live in a house. I'm pretty good at living in a house. 
If you asked me to build a house, that's a different task. Some of you, I, I would never let you build my house because I've seen you use a hammer and that would not, the house would not last. I wouldn't want to be under that roof. Now imagine if you saw a house and the engineer and the, the head of the construction team and everybody who built the house is standing there and you went up to the house and you were like, wow, good job, house. That would be very bizarre and kind of insulting to the people who actually built the house, right? Who is worthy of more honor and glory? The one who lives in the house or the one who built the house? That's the picture that's being drawn. Of course, it's the one who built the house and ultimately it's not just the house. It's a, it's a figurative picture here. But the idea is that Christ is the author of all things. He says in verse four, but the builder of all things is God. Jesus is greater than Moses. Christ tasted death for everyone so that we might be redeemed. And so Christ steps in and he fulfills what no man, no sacrifice, and we're going to see this more as we continue in our study in Hebrews, could ever fulfill. There's nothing that could atone for the sins of mankind except for the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of of Jesus. There's nothing else that can atone. He says in verse four, every house has been built by someone. Now this seems like a pretty obvious statement, right? And yet look at our culture. If you go and look at a building, look at this building. This building always impresses me. This is a pretty big building. There's a lot of uh, space under a very high ceiling. I sometimes wonder from an engineering perspective, how does this thing stay standing? It's an impressive thing when you begin to think about architecture and the way that structures are designed to, especially in California, our standards for structural integrity are high with earthquakes. And so there's a lot of time and attention to detail that's put into a structure. But it would be so foolish of me to say, wow, it's amazing how this building just appeared, huh? All of its intricacies and details, it would be ridiculous to suggest that this building somehow just came to be and evolved in some way. But in the same way, on a greater scale, look at the intricacies of human beings and the intricacies of creation and the way that the world works together in perfect order. And people look at it and say, it's crazy how that just all evolved, huh? Are you kidding me? Basic logic from the way that things are constructed tells us that this creation has a creator. And to deny it is to deny what the creation itself testifies to. Because the scripture says creation, what? Come on, church. It what? It testifies to the glory of God. You guys can talk. It's okay. Creation testifies to the glory of God. People have been trying to find other explanations for thousands of years, and they continue to fail. Because the answer is clear as day. But the scripture says that they will suppress the truth. The truth is before them, but they don't want it. In the same way, for you and I, the truth has been revealed. And can I tell you, friend, tonight, you are more accountable than the drunken pagan that's at a bar tonight getting absolutely obliterated. You are more accountable. And can I suggest, if you are lukewarm and passive in your faith tonight, far worse off. 
Because you know the truth and you choose not to believe. You choose not to repent of your sin. You choose not to make things right. And the scripture makes it clear you are far more worse off. The scripture says, Lord, speaking to those who are lukewarm in their faith, I chew you up and I spit you out. Literally, I vomit you out. Are you lukewarm tonight? Do you sit in church and check the box, but nothing in your life bears fruit? This is one of the hardest aspects, and this is not some pity party, but as a pastor, is watching people sit in church week after week, but nothing in their life changes. And I feel like I could shout it until my voice gives out, and still people will choose to live a life of rebellion and unholiness and refuse to repent of sin and refuse to take God's word seriously. And it's the burden that so many shepherds who care about the flock bear because we cannot make you do it. You must surrender to Christ. And maybe it's an area of your life tonight that you have pigeonholed and said, Lord, you can have all of this, but this area of my life, that's mine. And we do that. I have done that. Lord, reveal to us when we make that mistake. Would you allow Christ tonight to come into every area of your life and do the transformative work that only he can do? You will continue to struggle with whatever it is for you tonight. And it's something for all of us. Let's not play games tonight. All of us have temptations that are underlying that say, go back to Egypt. Go back to your religion. That's the whole idea of this text. Don't go back to the law and to Moses because the Messiah has come. How silly would it be for us to know Christ and to know who he is and yet remain far from him? You know, in different uh, years of evangelism and things, I've come across a lot of encounters with people who are living on the streets. And I'm sympathetic towards many situations, whether it be addiction or a fallout with family, unemployment. The list goes on of reasons why people might end up on the streets. But the thing that that I can't quite grasp is over the years, the, the, the numerous conversations I've had with people who don't want to get better. They just don't want to. They know there are resources. They know there are steps that they can take, but they just don't want to take them. Are you like that tonight spiritually? Seriously, friends, can, I beg you to ask yourself the question, are you wandering spiritually tonight and you know what steps you need to take, but you won't take them? No one can make that step except you. And I don't know what it is for every person in this room. I know the areas in my life I need to continue to surrender to the Lord. The things that I keep going back to and trying to do in my own strength. None of us are above this. And he says in verse 5, Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But then this is the key. This is our last verse for tonight. He says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. There's a, there's a big difference, and this culture would have understood this well with a servant culture and uh, having slaves in the house. This would have been very applicable for this group. It would have been a great uh, way for them to grasp the concept. And the, the, the author is saying, look, you have servants in a house and they're faithful, but, but you cannot replace the son of the, the head of the household. He's the heir. 
You know, if you were in a palace and there was faithful servants who loved their king, that's great. But they'll, not, they'll never replace the heir to the throne. And that's the picture, is Moses was a faithful servant. You'll hear more from Pastor Shane Lance in a moment. I'm producer Rob of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, reminding you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we're really hoping you would consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry, which reaches a lot of people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, I'm really excited about this. In fact, we all are. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. Check this out. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm -hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so it's good now, I guess. (laughs) There was infidelity, just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of of why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, the the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that The church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. And I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries and there's things that God wants done a certain way. But there's also freedoms that we can enjoy pleasure in life. (laughs) All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. You cannot replace the son of the the head of the household. He's the heir. You know, if you were in a palace and there was faithful servants who loved their king, that's great. But they'll they'll never replace the heir to the throne. And that's the picture, is Moses was a faithful servant. To the end, he was faithful. But what the author is saying is, don't go back to Moses because the son is here. He has come. And he's ruling and reigning. You don't have to go back to the old ways because Christ has fulfilled the law. He's fulfilled everything that he needed to fulfill. And Moses was the prophet, Israel's great historian under divine inspiration. He authored the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Man, Moses was was a guy, man. He, He did a lot of good things for the kingdom of God. He was a faithful servant. If you look back at 2.18, he he says, uh, coming to those being encouraged to not give up. 
And so many of us, we read this and we, sing, we, we just think, yeah, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. I'm not giving up. But if we take a deep look at each one of our lives, we know that there are areas where it, our flesh, if you will, is trying to go back to Moses. We want to go back. Sin feels good. It does. If, you, if you're trying to, uh, you know, this is like these fad diets where people are like, sugar's not good. Sugar tastes terrible. I'm going to just convince myself that sugar tastes gross. You're not going to make it very far. I did a no sugar fast uh, last week, so I didn't eat sugar all week. And I've read in different articles like, oh, yeah, if you don't eat sugar for long enough, when you have sugar again, you'll realize it's toxic and your, your taste buds won't even like it. Let me tell you, I fasted from sugar for a week and then I had an Oreo and the Oreo tasted glorious. So the rumors are false. No, but I have heard this is actually true. Um, for example, I was reading a study from a doctor and he said he, had a, he did a test group with a group of men and they didn't eat sugar uh, for a year. And after a year, he gave them all a can of Coca-Cola, which is like 38 grams of sugar. By the way, if you want to stop drinking soda and you need a visual, I want you to go home. If you have a little scale in your kitchen, I want you to pour out 38 grams of sugar onto that little scale and see how much sugar that actually is. And you'll probably never have a soda ever again. It's pretty eye-opening. And he said that they took the drink and their body had become so accustomed to not having those toxins that when they took a drink, two of the guys actually vomited upon drinking the soda. Because when, the, when we starve the flesh of the things that it craves, the cravings become weaker and the spirit gets stronger. A biblical scholar many years ago drew it up as a picture as two dogs inside you that are fighting the flesh and the spirit, and the dog that you feed the most will gain strength and will overcome the other. What are you feeding tonight in your life, the flesh or the spirit? Turn with me to John chapter five. To your left in our gospels, John chapter five. If you're new to the scriptures, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John 5, 45 and four, through 47. And it reads like this. Do you, uh, don't, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses in whom you've set your hope. And Jesus is speaking here. He says, okay, don't think that um, I'm gonna accuse you. Moses has already written about me. So he says, for if you believed Moses, in verse 46 of John 5, you would believe me for he wrote about me. It doesn't get any more clear than this. Jesus is saying, if you guys believe Moses, he was writing about this Messiah that was gonna come. Hello, I'm right here. And Jesus fought battles for years with the religious leaders who were so caught up in their self-righteous pursuits that they couldn't see that the Son of God, God incarnate, was standing right before their eyes. And instead of arguing over the law, they should have been falling on their faces in worship. And they ended up crucifying him as they falsified a testimony against him and falsely convicted him. And they murdered the son of God. Scripture says that Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him. Verse 47 of John 5 says, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus is saying, I have come 
as the full atonement. He's the answer. He's the truth and the life. So the question becomes, who is Jesus to you tonight? Is Jesus a weekend thing for you? Well, you're here on a Wednesday night, so that's a good start. But let's, let's ask the question, is Jesus a Wednesday night thing for you? Is Jesus a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning thing for you? And then the rest of your week, who knows? Jesus may reign as the ruler over your life or maybe not. Everybody loves Jesus as the Savior, the hero of the story. But as soon as you tell people, oh, by the way, if you trust in Jesus, he has to be the Lord who rules over every area of your life. And you're going to be, if you're going to be in his house, if you will, back to Hebrews, if you're going to live in his house, you got to live by his rules. This is where a lot of kids growing up struggle, right? Everybody loves the comforts of living in mom and dad's house. But many kids struggle to adhere by mom and dad's rules. And they go in, they're in tandem. And that's the call, the heavenly calling that we're talking about in your life is that if you're going to live in the house of God, you have to live by his rules. He is the authority, not the opinions of your coworkers, not what you think is okay or not okay. No, what Christ has spoken, that is the authority. You've been listening to Hold Fast, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael Sun, Pastor Shane, teaching in Hebrews 3. 1 through 6. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, we'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from today's teaching or maybe from a previous teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Hey, maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you personally. You can always email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, and thanks for reaching out. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. So maybe you would say, okay, I'm a churchgoer. I go regularly, but... I haven't quite made that connection to an everyday walking with the Lord. I seem to be pretty good, you might say, at compartmentalizing. Like Sundays, yeah, I'm with it. And then, you know, by the time Monday hits, Tuesday hits, I seem like I'm a practical atheist. What do I do? How do I learn to follow Jesus and stay close, hold fast one day at a time? Well, Learn is the key word. All of us have to learn. You see, going to church is simply one part of a walk with Christ. And that's maybe where some people are just frankly confused. Going to church is an important step, but walking with Christ is the key. You see, you want to follow Christ as your good shepherd, your king, your savior, your Lord. And that is an everyday affair an everyday pursuit. How do you do it? Just take it one day at a time (laughs) and pick up your Bible in the morning or turn on a sermon or do whatever you can. Get the word of God in front of your eyes, into your ears, whatever it's going to take to set the compass right and walk with him today. That's all you got to do. Sunday is wonderful. Corporate worship is beautiful. Every believer should be gathered with other saints Utilizing our spiritual gifts, 
giving to the Lord, studying his word, corporately singing to him. Yet that's only one part. It's a personal walk with you and the Lord. And yeah, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it challenges everything in me. But you can walk by faith and not by sight when you just do it one day at a time. If you need help with that, reach out to us. We have a phone number you can call. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors available Tuesday through Friday, Pacific time, business hours, about nine to four, eight, four, four, 48 truth. This is Pastor Michael. You've been listening to Pastor Shane Lance teaching from Hebrews chapter three. He's my oldest son, one of our pastors, and I pray you've been blessed and there'll be a part two on hold fast coming right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael. You'll have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for part four of Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews 3, verses 1 through 6, called Hold Fast. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.